We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening, Broncos fans, and welcome to Orange and Blue View. I've got Ron White here, my co-host. I'm Thomas Hall. We're going to dive into you know, your favorite Denver Broncos. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about what they can do. I mean, they went they, they're 2-0 in their last two games. they got a little streak going. They beat the Chiefs. What are they going to be able to do after this bye to get their, keep their momentum or even during the bye? But before we do that, Ron, how are things going? Are you excited about this team going forward? Yes, things are going well, Thomas. And hello, everyone out there. It's good to be um, with you guys again. And yes, as far as your Denver Broncos are concerned, I'm excited. You know, this victory against the Chiefs has, you know, changed things, kind of put things a little bit more into perspective, Thomas. And, you know, I know, you know, prior to the victory, you know, we thought that the playoffs were a far cry. And yeah. now you know, with this victory with the Chiefs, they we could be having this conversation again, you know, if things go the right way and if they keep, you know, somewhat of a winning streak going, if they play up to their potential, um, we can see some things change. But I'm very encouraged from what I've seen from this team over the past few games. Yeah. I mean, I've said this before. I, I, the Kansas City Chiefs game was a must win. They had to break yeah. the streak. I'm worried that that was their kind of Super Bowl for the year, and they're going to fall back to where, you know, closer to where they were before the Chiefs game. I really want to see what happens against the Bills before I really jump on the bandwagon again because, you know, I was pretty excited about this year. I thought they were going to come out and do some good, but, you know, they kind of fell flat coming out of the gate. But now things have changed, definitely, and they think things have changed too, right? They think uh, the Broncos think things have changed. They didn't do anything at the trade deadline. They seem pretty excited going forward. So, yeah, I mean, we can get into this, talk about a little bit about how they can keep this momentum going. I think we should uh, grab a couple chats first before we jump in. Yes, most definitely. Got Dylan Von Arts here. Thank you, Dylan, one of the staffers here at MHH. Says, stop Broncos country. Make sure you hit that like button on the way in. Share on all platforms and subscribe if you haven't already. Yes, please do those three things, guys. Thank you, Dylan. And we got Kevin Gray coming in here. Good evening, Thomas, Ron, and Scott. Well, yeah, we don't have Scott, but thank you, Kevin. Uh, good evening to you as well. And hopefully you're having a great 
Saturday. Um, let's see who else we got here. Um, let's see, let's see. Okay. Okay, so we got Dylan coming in here. Yep. <laughs> Pining for some quarterbacks here. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. All righty. And then we got the Papa Bear, David McGillraff, coming in with a $5 super chat. Thank you, my man. You know we appreciate you. He says, good evening, Broncos country, Tom, Ron, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. Hashtag 11 and 6. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> buckle times 3. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Again, thank you, David, for coming in. Um, and, yeah. you know, this 11 and 6 prediction, okay. I, You know, that, that's, <laughs> that's very it they, optimistic. It means they only lose one more game the rest of the year, which yeah. is going to be a tough one to do for sure. Um, when I, you know, after they started to play pretty well, Ron, I, you know, against the chiefs, I kind of changed my perspective. I looked at the schedule again and there's, there's five teams they could beat on the schedule. Really? I mean, if they play like they played against the chiefs, all of them, they're in all of those games, but realistically there's, there's five that you think that, okay, they could probably win those. I don't think it's enough to get them into the playoffs. You know, five wins is eight, nine. I think it's going to take at least nine and eight to get into the playoffs, but as we're going to talk about it, how do they kind of continue from the Chiefs game and make this bye week kind of catapult them in to, uh, you know, to contention, so to speak, in the latter half of the season? For me, the number one thing is staying healthy. Mm-hmm. I think they have to stay healthy. Uh, I think they're starting to get some of their key players back. I mean, Baron Browning coming back was huge. I think that that really made a difference over the last couple of games, even though the first game he didn't play a ton, but he was all over the field mm-hmm. uh, on in against the chiefs uh, and also getting, maybe hopefully getting a couple players back. Brandon Johnson's on IR. He'll come back pretty soon. Uh, Dulcich will come back pretty soon as well. Hopefully he can stay healthy, but I think to me, Rod, it to keep this momentum going, they have to remain relatively healthy down the stretch. They lose a couple of key players. And I, I think the momentum is, it doesn't matter what momentum they have. That's going to kill it. No, that, that, that's a good point. And um, I, I'll bounce something off of that. Once um, I grab Phil McLaughlin here. Thank you, Phil, for coming in. We appreciate you, my man. He says, good evening, Thomas and Ron. When we beat the bills, I will believe. <laughs> Hashtag Buckham. <laughs> Hashtag go Broncos. Yes, Phil. Yeah. So again, you know, the, the Kansas City victory, of course, Kansas City was the first test. You know, we had to, you know, end that god-awful losing streak. <laughs> so we were able to do that. But, yeah, um, you know, we're kind of now getting into the meat of the schedule. The Bills is obviously a tough opponent. And you're right, if they go out and beat the Bills, you know, if they handle business like they did with the Chiefs against the Bills, now we can maybe start to, you know, see where this team is headed. And you're right, Thomas. And and what you were saying earlier in regards to staying healthy. I mean, getting some of those key pieces back um, was 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 crucial, was critical. Um, and I, I want to get to one of my keys for the momentum, um, which is somewhat related to that, and the defense. The defense must continue to play well. So over the past four games, it has allowed four touchdowns, held its opponents to um, like 19 points, roughly per game, I think on average. And if they continue to turn and like force turnovers, right? 
again, holding Mahomes and the Chiefs, that high-powered offense, to 28 points total over the past two matchups, that's a good start. I know we've, you know, uh, <laughs> given Vance Joseph some harsh criticism to open the season, and deservingly so. Um, but, you know, we have to credit him over these past several games of kind of what he was doing, using what works well with these players, kind of getting them in position to win in. As you mentioned, getting Baron Browning back, having PJ Locke there as well, and you know, sitting Mathis for Moreau, right? <laughs> Some of those key decisions has helped this defense tremendously. So if you can kind of get this defense, you know, moving up, trajecting up, I think that'll also um, play a factor into keeping this momentum going. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I like what you're saying about turnovers and Phil, thank you for the Facebook stars. Appreciate the support. Uh, of course, uh, as always, we, we yes. really do appreciate it. But uh, from me, from my perspective that the turnover battle, they weren't, they didn't weren't creating a lot of takeaways. The most of their takeaways came in that one game against the chiefs. So you're right. They need to continue to 
take away the ball the way they did. If they do, if they can do that, most games, you know, you can't, you're, you're going to win, you know? So yeah. they, they really need to do that. And I, that was the one knock I had on Vance Joseph. I didn't think he was, his defense created enough turnovers. Um, so, you know, hopefully they can sustain that. Yes. Definitely. But I'll say this about going into Buffalo uh, before we move on to the next thing. Uh, for me, they don't have to necessarily beat the bills for me to kind of be on board with them. I think if they can go in there and they play really well and they, you know, they don't just, you know, pull a Miami or something like that, you know, bills are a pretty good team and it's going to be in Buffalo. So even if they do lose, but it's a respectable kind of loss, so to speak, I know, I know that's, it's a weird thing to say, but say that they don't just mess it up. Totally. They go out there and they compete really well. I'm still pretty much on board with them still winning these other games. Now, if they beat the bills and, I'm on board with them running the table. I mean, that means that they're uh, they're all of a sudden a pretty mm-hmm. good team if they can go into Buffalo and beat them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see which team shows up, and I think that'll be the telltale sign for me is which team shows up, the team from earlier in the season or the one that beat the Chiefs. Yep, yep, that, that's a good point. And I'm going to grab scratching off 760 here. Thank you for coming in. He says, they'll lose to Buffalo but win the rest. And, yeah, again, I think to Thomas's point here, Scratch, of, yeah, if they go out in Buffalo and make it a competitive game, if they keep it close, you know, if they play well, you know, I, I think that's still good enough. And, yeah, again, looking at the rest of the schedule for the Broncos, I mean, they're, you know, there are quite a few winnable games on on, on this slate. Um, you know, the Vikings, still got the Chargers, another Raiders matchup, so... You know, they can, you know, again, I, I don't want to see them go back to those old Broncos. You know, if we can see at least shades of what we saw against Kansas City in this Buffalo game, then that can kind of propel them, you know, to at least be competitive and win a lot of those games down the stretch. But remains to be seen. I'm going to tell you, for me, it's not just the defense that has changed. The running game has started to kind of get some traction. Still haven't seen a, a running back over the century mark, but I think Javante is trending that way. In fact, he was pretty close in Kansas City until you know they sold out to stop the run on those last two plays. And he lost seven yards, so he ended up with 85. But he was close to the century mark against Kansas City, a pretty stout defense. I think you know if Javante can continue to keep rolling and you know he can be, get a couple hundred yard games, I think that's going to be massive uh, for them. I think keeping that running game going uh, and because that's where this offense works best if that running game has traction. So that's uh, that's a big one for me. Um, interesting point there, Thomas, because that was also one of my keys to sustain momentum is push the ground game. You know, so interesting stat so the broncos really without trying they have the 12th best rushing attack in the league (laughs) yeah you know yards per game right fourth best in the league with yards per carry only behind miami arizona and the jets so you know if they keep pushing it we saw that with the kansas city chiefs um mclaughlin and of course pookie so if they can keep you know pushing that ground game you know, I, I think that'll also kind of help set them up for success. So I agree there. Yeah. Michael Ronquillo is coming in saying good evening to both of us on Orange and Blue View. Go Broncos. Thanks, Michael. And thanks for the support with the Thank Facebook you. stars. 
really, really, as always, we appreciate it. I know you're uh, you're watching the Arizona game, homecoming game. So uh, if you can pop in and out here, that'd be great to ask us a few questions. Yeah. And we've got RD coming in with Super Chat. Thank you so much for coming in and uh, for the support. RD says, if we end with eight wins, what would you do at quarterback? If Russ, Russ doesn't restructure, we have to move on, question mark. Uh, he's playing okay, but not close to that contract. Draft a tier two QB or keep him and let him let the guarantees kick in. Well, I think people that don't like Russ are going to be disappointed that he's going to be the quarterback for the Denver Broncos for the next couple of years. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. I don't know if he'll restructure the, the problem. It depends on how they restructure, but it's just going to move money farther down the line that will come due again when you do end up having to do something with Russell Wilson. I don't think he's going to finish his contract out here. Uh, but I think he's going to be the quarterback for the next couple of years. You know, I, I I hear people talking about getting a cheap quarterback so that they can build the team, blah, blah, blah. The, the problem is cheap quarterbacks are a dime a dozen. I mean, you can find cheap quarterbacks everywhere. You can't find a great quarterback who's cheap. It's really hard. If you can draft one high, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, there's quarterbacks that have been drafted high that don't tend to work out. I don't think the Broncos are going to be in position to get one of the top two guys anymore. So they may may grab one for uh, you know to to sit and kind of learn and and build, but that means Russell Wilson's going to be sticking around for a while. I they could end with eight wins, but see the the thing the thing is if you're ending with eight wins, that means the team has gone from terrible to pretty good because that means they win five more games down the stretch. Go what five and and four to finish mm-hmm. when they went three and uh, and five to start out. That's that's an improvement. Doesn't seem huge, but yeah, I just don't. I don't see them getting rid of Russell Wilson right now. I think he's playing, Ron. He's playing like he played in Seattle. Mm-hmm. People don't. People <laughs> seem to remember Russell Wilson as a much different quarterback when they talk about him in Denver than because in Seattle he took a ton of sacks. Yeah. He fumbled the ball. It, you know, he I, he fumbled the ball fourteen times once in Seattle. He's lost five. Uh, 50% in one season. So he, he does do that. Right. But at the same time, he's throws a lot of touchdowns. He doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. He can still move the chains with his feet. If he has to sometimes, even at his age of 35, I mean, he's still looking like the same quarterback that he was in Seattle. People just want him to be Peyton Manning and he's not. Yep. Yep. Um, thank you, Artie, for coming in with your generosity. We appreciate you and, yeah, if, if the Broncos end with eight wins, I mean, Russell Wilson's still your quarterback um, going into the 2024 NFL season. You know, just because you're not going to be in a position to, I guess, draft one of the top guys. Um, and then, you know, again, I don't, I don't see Russ taking a restructure. Um, I'm with you, Thomas. You know, they're, they're going to move money, you know, further on down the line. Um, so, yeah, we're stuck with Russ. I mean, with that contract, it's going to be hard to <laughs> to to move off of him, especially with that Albatross of a contract. So, I I just don't see us moving off of him. And you're right. I mean, that was actually one of getting back to the keys for momentum. A consistent Russ is is another key that I have. And you're right, Thomas. He's not. He's going back to how he played in Seattle. Um. You know, he's top 10 here in a lot of different categories, um, you know, when it comes to passer rating, TD to interception ratio, 
He has a great completion percentage. Um, we see it on the field. You know, he's moving better, the escapability, making plays outside the pocket, running for first down. So, I mean, we, we're seeing um, the Russell Wilson of old. Um, and I just think, you know, with eight wins, expect a draft pick to, you know, kind of help him. Maybe someone on the offensive line, maybe a receiver, who knows, and maybe even the defensive line, depending on where Denver goes with that. But, yeah, I, I think with an eight-win season, you know, your team is in position to kind of pick in that mid-range. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't see a move from quarterback. I just don't. Yeah, and about his contract, really. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a sizable contract. He's not playing up to his contract; still playing good. But you know, give give it a another year when they decide to uh, uh, write a big check for Trevor Lawrence and Tua. I mean, the, his his salary isn't going to look as huge as the the rest of them as the as the salary cap kind of expands. And you're right, though. I mean, that's a big contract. But you know, Russ didn't. He didn't act, you know, he wasn't uh, demanding a new contract. As far as I know, they gave him a new contract. I mean, it's not like he came in and said, I want this much money now. And that's part of the trade. They traded for him and then decided to give him the money. So, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to, to say, you know, Oh, you're not playing up to that contract when he didn't demand it. He was just right. given it. And uh, so I can't fault him too much, but I do want him to play better, but I will say this. He is going to play better the over the back half of this season than he did in the first half. So you're going to see an even better Russ. And the reason why I say that I looked at Drew Brees in his first year with Sean Payton. I wrote an article about it. He had up and down games. You know, he was still learning the office and, and Drew Brees fit exactly what Sean Payton likes to do. Russ really doesn't. And so Drew Brees, uh, you know, had a couple really rough games, a couple really good games, and then some, you know, kind of in between, and that's what Russell Wilson's done as well. He's kind of learning the offense and he's he's faced some pretty solid pass defenses. Mm -hmm. You know, Kansas City, uh, great pass defense. I, I mean, really, really solid. New York Jets, some of these teams in the back half, they don't have that. They're going to play San Diego twice and you can pass all over San Diego. So yeah. you're going to see a better Russ, I think. And so as as the year goes on, if they if the Broncos win, Russ is playing better. I think by the end of the year, you'll have a different outlook on Russell Wilson than you will when uh, at this point in time. That that's my thoughts. Yeah, and you know, to your point on the well, to Artie's point here on the tier two. Yeah, expect. I mean, uh, you know, the Broncos probably going to draft a tier two someone someone in the mid late rounds um, quarterback to just develop because um, they're going to need to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I guess Russ is going to be that quarterback next year if. Just again, depending on how the season shakes out, with the eight win to your scenario, that's what's going to happen. I'm going to grab. I'm going to grab Phil, Phil here, coming with Facebook yeah. stars. Thank you, Phil, uh, for coming in in the support. Of course, I said Phil says I think our cornerbacks will have more work to do with the Bills. I agree. I feel we can stop the run. Arizona plays at 7 p.m. Oh, okay. So it's Arizona's not quite on yet. When I talked earlier that uh, Michael was watching it, but yeah, thanks for the update on that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the Bills got <laughs> Bills are a solid team, and they've got good receivers. And you're right. I think the the cornerbacks do have their cut work cut. I mean, the whole secondary does, but it's playing better, right? I think changing McMillan, 
uh, for Bassey has been a boost. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Moreau's playing way better than I actually ever thought he would. I thought he was camp fodder when they brought him in. Yeah. I thought he was just a camp body, and they that was it. He's he's really taken up uh, 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 kind of better play than than we saw from Mathis. I think PJ Locke coming back has yeah. been a help as well. So I think you're right. They will have their cutout uh, work cutout for, them, but I don't think they're. I think they're better secondary than we saw four weeks ago or five weeks ago. Yes, I, I agree. Thank you, Phil, for coming in um, with this comment. And yeah, they're going to have their their work cut out for them for sure. I mean, you know, this. I, I know the Bills are reeling with a lot of injuries um, right now, but yeah, that offense is still potent, especially with Gabe Davis and the rookie tight end Kincaid and of course Diggs. <laughs> so they're going to have their hands full. Um, but again, I'm encouraged with what I've seen from our secondary these past few weeks. Um, you mentioned it, Thomas McMillan Locke. Of course, we already know what PS two is and the Moreau upgrade. You know, the, these guys have been playing some very good football on defense. So I, I think, you know, they'll be able to hold their own. You know, if they just make those impact plays, come ready to fight, kind of what they did with Kansas City, it, it'll be competitive. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm going to grab Keith, uh, Keith's comment here. Keith Bregman's coming in from Facebook. Uh, he says, looking over passing charts, Russ has gotten more and more conservative in how far he's throwing the ball down the field, especially in the last three games. Concerned? Uh, at that trend, not, I'm not really that concerned because against Kansas city, that game plan was really to do those short pass, hit the deep ones when necessary. You know, they played Kansas city twice in the last three weeks. So, I mean, that first Kansas city game, no doubt Russ had an awful game. That was a terrible game, but he executed the game plan. I think exactly how they wanted to, uh, to run it this last, uh, this last week. I think that hitting those uh, short passes, hitting the pass behind the line, and then going for, I mean, he threw some pretty nice deeper balls in that game when it was necessary. But the real game plan was hit the run, hit the short passing game, catch them when they can on those deeper passes. So uh, I think that was the game plans against Kansas City both times, although his first Kansas City game was terrible. But, you know, and, you know, I don't know about Green Bay if that was, if he just had a rougher game. Uh, it's it's possible that he's had a free game. I, I don't know. I know that he's a good deep pass, deep ball thrower. He's if you look at his uh, passer rating, which obviously passer rating doesn't tell the whole story, but he's one of the tops in the leagues for hitting those deep passes. I mean, he's he's accurate. Uh, he's scored some touchdowns on those deep passes. So I think they need to get Marvin Mims more involved, and that yes. will help those deep passes. But 
we'll see. We'll see. Because Marvin Mims has seems to have taken a less of a role, and that's also kind of you've seen these deeper passes get a little less and less in the game because Mims isn't playing as much. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not super concerned yet, but if it continues, maybe I think I think it's gonna, you're going to have Russell Wilson's not going to have a huge game against Buffalo. Uh, I it's, it's a tougher defense, and I think it's going to be hard. But uh, that's that's where I'm at. I don't know about you, Ron. No, you actually brought up. Yeah, you brought up the point I was going to make um, that the the number one deep threat for me is is really in the game, which is Mims. <laughs> you know, so, you know, that that's kind of why you have. I think that's part of the reason why you haven't seen um, a lot of those deep shots um, as we did earlier. But, you know, again, I'm, I'm not concerned. A lot of it is. Um, you know, some of the defenses they've been playing, I think, with Peyton, with game planning. I know, you know, earlier on, Peyton kind of abandoned the run, and now you're seeing him, you know, kind of emphasize it more. Um, so, I mean, a lot of that comes with the game planning, but, you know, the, the deep shots are going to be there. Um, expect it, especially with the Chargers coming up on the schedule, the Vikings, you know, these these defenses are poor on, on passing defenses. So, I'm expecting more deep shop deep shops to come, you know, in the latter half. Yeah, and the other thing too that I I I, I want them to do a little more, and I I saw it against Kansas City. They tried to uh, have Sutton come right off the line and yep. just a quick pass to Sutton. Mm-hmm. Now that's that's more of a Jerry Judy type play, right? He's a little more sudden off the line. You can get open quicker. I want them to have Sutton down the field a little bit farther and throw it up to him. Right. I want him to go get those balls and that's what he's been doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, get a little bit, get him a little bit deeper and throw it up to him. You'll start to see those bigger plays happening as well with, with something like that. And I think they'll probably start doing that a little bit more um, as we, as the uh, season goes along as well. Yep. I want to grab that. I definitely agree. I want to grab Keith Brugman here. Cause this is a, this is a great question. Um, and it may get into some, draft talk and one of my draft wishes <laughs> uh thank you Keith, for coming in he says will greg dulcich be the joker when he returns or just a joke we need a legit receiving tight end yeah I, you know when he's on the field you know he's he, he's a great pass catcher it's just again being on the field um you know that you know that hamstring is just it's, it's crazy, man. It's just he's been battling that for a while and it's hard for him to stay healthy on the field. But, you know, I, I, you know, his potential, um, his big playability is there. I, I don't necessarily call him a joke, but, you know, I, this is where, you know, we need consistency in the tight end room. And we haven't had that for a while, um, which gets into if we can get someone like a Brock Bowers. you know (laughs) you know depending on where we pick you know to kind of be that legit all around tight end i I think that would definitely pay some dividends for this team but yeah to answer your your first question you know if if he can return when he does return i I do expect him to play a role in his offense and um hopefully he'll he'll definitely make some plays but we'll see we'll see what happens but yeah yeah, I I like Dulcich, but if he's just not on the field, you can't you can't rely on him. Uh, but I do think that's a, a key piece that's missing from this offense is a tight end who can kind of stretch the field. Uh, I thought Adam Troutman would have a little bit better season than he is, but he's just not. He just doesn't have it 
And, uh, you know, they're not getting Adkins out there. Man hurts is a blocker. So there's a key element that's missing. So if Dulcich does come back and he can stay healthy and play, I think you're, that's going to be a boon down the stretch. I think, um, you know, he can play that Joker role, like you said, but at the same time, is he just going to get hurt again and be gone? You know, that's, that's where it's, um, that's where the problem lies, right? You can have great potential, but if you can't be on the field, it doesn't really matter. So, yep. Yeah, we got BK coming in saying drop by to say hi and dropped us some support. Thank you so Thank much, you, BK, with the super chat, watching some college football to check out the talent. Yeah, I mean, the, the reports are the Broncos brass is in uh, watching Washington versus USC right now. Two quarterbacks that are going to be slinging it out there. At this rate, I mean, the way the Broncos play, they probably have no shot at Caleb Williams. I mean, oh, yeah. maybe if they were able to trade away, mortgage their more of their draft picks to move up, they could. But, but uh, what Michael Fenix Jr. or whatever, yeah. however you pronounce his name, yeah. you know, he's he's available. He'll be around. He seems like a pretty solid player to me. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a, done a lot of scouting, but yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's fun to watch these college games for sure. Yeah, thank you, B for BK for coming in with the super chat, and yeah, um, you know, I was. You know, I was watching some earlier today <laughs> for some talent, especially on UGA. Um, and then, yeah, for I know the LSU and Alabama game is going on right now. So, yeah, just plenty of good teams playing with plenty of talent on the field. So it'll be interesting um, to see what happens there. I'm going to grab William Contolano yeah. here coming in. He, he's voicing his uh, concern with Russ taking sats, sacks. He's my only complaint with Wilson this season is him taking sacks and holding it too long which he has always done so, so it's something that comes with the territory with him. Yeah, exactly. That's what we were talking about earlier. He does take a lot of sacks. I wish he didn't. He just does. You know, he's he holds the ball a little bit too long. He's not that quick, you know, drop back, hit your back foot, go kind of thrower. He does hold it. Uh, I still think he's still got it in his legs to kind of, you know, get out of the pocket. I, I really want to see the Broncos work a little bit more with moving pockets, right? Yes. Or get him out, get him moving already because – Right now, it looks like he drops back as soon as the pressure starts to come. He starts looking to run. Mm-hmm. So why not move? You know why not get him out moving to begin with? Um, because that's you know that's where he uh, does a lot of work. The other thing is when he does scramble, I don't see the receivers getting open either. So I think that has got to come as well. So when he does feel that pressure, he starts moving. I hope those receivers can find an open spot for him to toss it to him. Cause those are going to be some big plays, right? Those will be big plays when that happens, but you're right. I, I, I it's my problem. I just have this feeling, you know, that Russell Wilson's taken so many sacks that it's finally starting to wear on him. You know, he's like, Oh, uh, sacks coming. I better, I better bail. Right. And you know, once you, you know, taking what average in 40, he's averaging 40 some sacks for his career. I think it's like 43 per season for his career, something like that. I mean, it's, it's a pretty, uh, pretty heavy burden. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he can, uh, you know, get his, you know, mental, uh, uh, mental side of it right and, and hang in there just a little bit longer to get those throws in the pocket instead of bailing. Yeah. Thank you, William, for coming in. And I, I agree. It, a, a lot of, uh, quite a few of these sacks are on him just because he holds that ball way too long. Um, you know, as Thomas just alluded to, I, I would like to see more, you know, moving pocket him on the boot um just just a little bit more i i feel as though as times thomas as well like he he just locks in on that first read and he's not anticipatory when it comes to some of these throws as well 
Um, so he just kind of gets timid and folds and then he sees the pressure coming and that's it, you know? So just, you know, having, again, it goes back to the separation too. So making sure these receivers can get separated um, and he can anticipate a lot of these throws. I, I think that'll kind of, you know, diminish some of that so he can get the ball out quick. Yeah. Matthew Bodes is coming in asking, where's Riley Moss? <laughs> we've asked the same question. You know, we've been asking that question too. Where is, where are all of the young guys really? Not all of them, but Mims, Mims doesn't get as much playing time as we think he should. Uh, Drew Sanders uh, doesn't look ready to me. Like he looks ready for special teams. He can come in. Uh, he misses too many reads for me. Uh, but, you know, I think he'll build on that. He'll get better. Riley Moss just hasn't been seen. He just hasn't been seen. And P and jail Skinner has not even been active. So that tells me one thing. If they weren't playing their young guys already, they, the team felt like they were better than their record and that they were going to be able to drag their way out of it somehow, because if they thought, okay, we just don't have the talent. We're not competing. They would have started playing these young guys more, even on especially. I mean, and I said, I said, this, this draft was an eye towards special teams in that first year. All of those players up to Forsyth Forsyth was, uh, to, in my mind, a special teams type player, they could go. Uh, and, and so that's why I was kind of surprised that jail Skinner isn't active and playing on special teams. Riley Moss, I think is out there, but you don't see his number called very much. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know where he is. <laughs> so it's a question we keep asking. Yeah, that's, that's the million dollar question, Matthew. You know, we were pining for Riley Moss when, <laughs> when Mathis had all those struggles earlier. I mean, you, you, you know, you drafted him. Why don't you play him? You know, that the, there were, you know, good reviews. He had a good um, scout report. You know, I wanted to see him. All of us wanted to see him on the field. But I guess it tells you that, you know, the team just doesn't think he's ready. Just with J.L. Skinner, you know, um, ready to be there. But, you know, hopefully, depending on how the season goes, you know, obviously, if they are on this winning trajectory, you probably won't see them. But you know, if they go back to the old Broncos, you know, later in the season, the, the you know, the last several games play it. We just kind of want to see what, what they look like on the field. But that's a good question. We, we sorry, we don't have the answer for where Raleigh Moss is. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to grab David Yunkin here because I think this is another key. Uh, and he's David says, my concern has always been the offensive line, regardless of all the money they spent on it. Absolutely. It has been. A problem for a while, especially that right tackle. They went out and spent the money. Now, I think Garrett Bowles is playing pretty well. I think Ben Powers struggled at first, but he has been very, very good uh, in the last few games. He's completely improved. Obviously, Lloyd Cushenberry, my surprise player for 2023. Thank you. <laughs> is playing great. He's like surprised everybody's playing so good. And Miners, Miners is one of the one of the better guards in the league right now. Mm -hmm. He's he's he plays so aggressive. He you know you could see that when I love it watching Javante Williams getting out there and and Miners helping him gain those extra yards like plowing into people. This this game against Kansas City, I remember early on he just there was a I think it was a cornerback or safety trying to make a tackle was kind of hanging on him and he just blasted him, knocked him. I think he knocked him about five yards back and uh, they exchanged some words and everything, but that's like miners is uh, he has that mentality that I love. So from my perspective, the line needs to continue to play as well as they are and hope that McGlinchey kind of makes 
progress. I mean, he's sometimes he plays okay, but you know, he's kind of that weak link. So if he does start to turn towards, you know, playing better and not giving up the sacks and, and being more consistent in the running game, you're going to see a very solid offensive line for the rest of the season. It, it, you know, knock on wood, make sure that they stay healthy, but I'm liking what I'm seeing, especially from the interior offensive yes. line. I think the interior offensive line is one of the, you know, well, not the top unit, but it's one of the units that are uh, right. you know, up there in the NFL as far as uh, how well they're doing. Yes, I I agree 100%. Um, thank you, David, for coming in. And yeah, I, 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 the interior looks good. You know, they, you know, it was a little struggle at the beginning, but, you know, like I said, Cushenberry looks good, Miners. Um, ben Powers has turned it around quite a bit because I was concerned those first few games with Ben Powers, but you know he's turned it around. But I, I think the weakest link is right tackle. You know we we see again. You know McGlinchey's okay with with the run blocking, but he just needs to be more consistent in pass pro. You know just allowing those sacks and those penalties um, on him. You know that that's kind of been the weakest link, but. Again, I'm encouraged, David, from from what I've seen, at least play-wise. The money, yeah. I would say that, you know, overall they're not living up to money that we provided to them. But let's hope that they just continue to make the strides, especially on the right tackle side that they need in order to justify um, the the contracts. But, you know, it's a work in progress. (laughs) Let's put it that way. It's a work in progress. I also say this too. Remember, uh, Garrett Bowles wasn't playing all the time in camp. They were resting him, coming back from the injury. So him and Ben Powers, it took a little while to get that chemistry. Same with McGlinchey. He was hurt. He missed a lot of time. Uh, and so maybe it's this chemistry that they've and you know they've got to keep working together. Maybe you'll see McGlinchey look even better as the season goes on because they stay consistent. They get that, uh, that team, uh, effort going that they, that they, the offensive line really needs. It's not the offensive line has got to be working as a unit more so than any other position group from my perspective. So hopefully McGlinchey will start to look better as, a, as the season goes along. And he, I hope so. I mean, that's a huge waste of money if he continues to play the way he has. So I don't know, but, uh, yeah, let's hope so. And, and we got Keith Brugman coming back in with Facebook stars. Thank you for the support, Keith. And he says, you can whisper only one piece of advice into Sean Payton's ear. What do you both say? <laughs> that's, that's a good question. I would, I, mine is, has been kind of where we were talking about these young guys is give Mims more targets, Yeah, get him out there and give him more targets. He is your most explosive player on that offense. I like McLaughlin. I like Judy. I think they're both explosive. He, Mims is the guy, get him out there. Because it, it'll do two things. One, you're going to get that kind of impact play, the explosive play that the that the offense really needs to to win. Second thing, you're getting given more reps, and you're going to find out just how good he is, right? You're going to find out how good Marvin Mims really is. Is he your guy for the future? Then at draft time, if you want to put one of those wide receivers on the block, you you feel confident that Mims is the guy, right? But if you don't play him enough. If you don't let him go out there and earn, you know, kind of earn his stripes on the field as a rookie, you may not know. And then you're going to be a little bit, you know, when when it comes time to whether or not you want to trade somebody, you're going to have doubt in your mind if Mims is the guy. That's so it kind of solves two things for me. 
You took mine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Keith, for coming up with this question. Yeah, I was, you know, I was on the whole big explosive plays tip in the yeah, memes, but I, I'm going to say, don't abandon the run. You know, again, that's what you've been doing um, the first several games of the season, and you see what happens when you don't. Right, you saw you had the game plan. To keep sticking to the game plan. Of of course, you have your passes. Um, you know, you have your receivers on the peel. You'll have those play calls designed, obviously. But you know, you have explosion in McLaughlin. Of course, we have Pookie and Samaj P. Ryan. So let's not abandon the run. You know, there will be times when you're going to have to rely on the run, and obviously with Wilson's legs. So yeah, um, definitely as we face some of these opponents. Keep keep the ground game going and keep it consistent would, would be would be my advice to him as well. Great question. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, yeah, we got Phil coming in with Facebook stars. Thank you for the support, Phil. Again, just gonna come back in about the O-line. Uh says O-line is doing much better on run blocking, which they are absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think the interior O-line is doing pretty well on pass blocking as well. Not not great, but pretty well. Um, and then, uh, but McGlinchey is nowhere near playing up to the value that we have in him. And that, that's true. You know, mm -hmm. you, you do need to play up to your contract and that's why people are, you know, they're down on Russell Wilson because his contract is huge. He's not playing up to it. McGlinchey, same thing. I think powers is, is worth his contract. Uh, you know, with Gregory too, he wasn't, he wasn't even on the field, so he wasn't playing up his contract. So he's gone. Uh, so yeah, McGlinchey needs to uh, needs to step it up. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I, he just makes too many mistakes for the amount of money that he's making. But hopefully, like I said, that that consistency of the O line being together now for you know now they've been together for eight weeks into the season. They got a bye. Hopefully, that consistency uh, translates to better play at the back half of the season. Yes, I, I agree. Um, th thank you, Phil, for coming in. Yeah, I mean, again, we just hope that McGlinchey can perform better. We, again, we need this offensive line working in cohesion um, moving forward. So, you know, hopefully, we can get it together um, and they can start to look a little better. But again, I, what again? The interior has looked good. Um, it's just a matter of McGlinchey putting it together. <laughs> yeah, um, with the rest of the line to go through. So, yeah. I do think they need to be more consistent pass blocking, though. Yeah. I, I feel like they, they do let pressure in too quickly, too quickly. Uh, even though they don't, you know, maybe they haven't given up a sack. But I think the interior line needs to be a little more stout on that interior pressure, get a little pressure too early. But other than that, I, I don't have too many complaints. Clayton Heron's coming in saying, hey, guys, smash that like button and share. That's great advice. Thank you, Clayton, for saying that. Appreciate it. Two dubs in a row, then our bye. Love it. I'm telling you guys. We're going on a long win streak. We're gelling on both sides. And look, as Russ stats, stats don't lie. Denver Broncos for life, baby. <laughs> what a way to stop, top off a Saturday night. Yeah, thank you for that. It, you know, it, you can't argue with how they've been playing, right? They, they've actually improved significantly. The defense has improved significantly. The running game has gotten better. Special teams. Oh, that's yeah. another thing that we need to talk about. They were a major factor in that victory as well. Yeah. They're playing better. So mm -hmm. it's hard to, and it's hard for me to be like jumping on this. They're going to, they're going to go on a long street bang bandwagon. I'm sorry. It's, 
it, it is just hard for me because of how bad they played early in the year. But you can't argue with how well they've been playing in, in most of these areas that were kind of deficient earlier in the year. So if they can continue that, they're definitely going to win some games. I'm still on the fence whether or not they've got enough juice to win enough to you know push for a playoff spot. I, it's just they're so far behind right now that it that's a really tough sell for me. Yeah, thank you, Clayton, for that that comment. You, you're very optimistic, and I, and I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just shows you what this team can be if there's pristine execution on in all phases: offense, defense, special teams. And again, I don't. Yeah, the Chiefs. I think it was the Chiefs didn't even score in the second half. Correct? I I, I don't think they did. I they, think never, was, they didn't score a touchdown. Yeah, I know they, that. <laughs> I don't think they scored anything in the second yeah. half, to my, to my knowledge. So, you know, holding the Chiefs scoreless in the second half, you know, that, <laughs> you know, that that's that's awesome in itself. So, again, it just shows you what this team can be. And if they can continue to play like that, you know, they again, they can go toe-to-toe with anybody. So I'm, I'm with you, Clayton, that this can be – you know, the game to kind of get them going. And, you know, I'm going to bring up another comment here by Clayton, which I just alluded to as far as the whisper in Sean Payton's ear. <laughs> Thank you. He says, our running game just getting started. Yes, I love it. Eat that clock up, baby. Let's go. And you're right on, Clayton. You know, when you have a balanced offensive attack, you know, with Russ finding those open receivers, you know, getting the ball to Sutton, Judy, and then you have the ground game going that we saw that with Kansas city, you know, that, that plan was to just run right at, and we saw that come to fruition. So if they can continue that just throughout the remaining slate, again, this team can go on that run that we expect. And I know the three to five record puts them in a little bit of a hole, and of course, getting in playoffs, there's a lot of tiebreakers, algorithms, winning percentages, and such that goes into that. But you know, if they have everything in front of them, right? If if it's not the worst, it's not the worst schedule. They can go in and just execute like they did. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and I'll just uh, say one one more thing. And and a lot of people, it's taken me a while to convince some people of this. The Bron- the Broncos dominated the Chiefs. That was a dominate. Yeah dominating performance and there's a couple reasons why number one the chiefs did not had not allowed that many points scored by anybody all season and number two that's the fewest points and the largest margin of loss for the kansas city chiefs going all the way back to week seven of 2021 so that was uh, the kansas city chiefs are a good team there's no there's no denying i don't think they're as good as last year but they're a good team and the Broncos whipped up on them. And so that's why I have optimism. If they barely beat them, I'd be like, okay, that's the Broncos super bowl. They went all out. They did everything that they possibly could to win this game. And then they're going to fall back, but they didn't, they went out and clobbered them. And that's what gives me the most hope. And that's why I keep saying, I want to see what they can do against the bills. If they are respectable, then I'm, I'm back on the bandwagon, even if they lose. And I, I I hate to say that is I don't want them to lose, but if they can, they can continue that uh, kind of performance going forward. And they're going to have rough games. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But if they can continue that performance consistently, then I'm really on the bandwagon. And and like you said, a lot of that has to do with 
keeping that running game going. Javante Williams could be the star of this offense come the end of the year because mm-hmm. he could start churning out some bigger games because he's continuing to improve and get better. Phil's coming in uh, with another comment saying, uh, it seems to me that the second half of the first game against the Chiefs is where this team finally started to believe in themselves and winning the next two actually showed them that what winning feels like. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I know that people don't, some people don't buy this momentum thing or whatever, but confidence does matter. Learning how to win does matter. Beating the Chiefs after having... Nobody on that team had beaten the Chiefs before, right? Like with yeah. the Broncos, Justin Simmons had never beaten the Chiefs. So getting that monkey off your back, getting that confidence does matter. It's not necessarily a momentum thing. It's that now they maybe that they believe, which is huge because before when they were going up against a team, they probably didn't have the mentality that they believe they're going to win. So as they start to piece wins together like this against good teams or close games, they start to believe that they can win. And that makes a difference. You don't always win them all, but that does make a difference. And that's where I think this, this kind of could be a catalyst. Again, I'm being cautious, cautiously optimistic, but it could be a catalyst. Yeah. You know, thank you, Phil, for coming in. It's again, this, this game, I'm just not just to tell you how important this game is. It, when you believe and you get that monkey off your back and everything's going your way, how can you not believe? You know, how can you not believe, guys? And this is a Kansas City team. You know, they're the defending Super Bowl champions, for crying out loud. So to be able to beat them just in all phases – you know, you're coming in being the aggressor. You're coming in dominating. The Broncos just came in from the jump, Thomas, and just dominated. They just took the game over completely. So if they have that mentality moving forward and have the mentality of, hey, I can beat these teams. If they go into Buffalo next week and say, hey, we just beat Kansas City. I can beat the Bills. Then, again, who knows that belief that they can go toe-to-toe with these high-powered teams that can be that momentum as we were discussing to just catapult them forward keith brogan is coming with another uh another one to pick our brains with for sure another question says magic wand you can choose one player on the broncos to be a pro bowler that has never been before who is your choice for me that's easy i, I think quinn miners i think he should be a pro bowler this year the way he's been playing hmm that's a good question keith um, I may have to think about that one now. <laughs> yeah. I would like it to be Lloyd Cushenberry because you remember me picking him, Ron, as our as the dark horse candidate to surprise everybody. And that was I was saying it was going to be out of necessity. I'd like to choose him, but I yeah. think when Miners is just playing better, and he's just under the he's going under the radar. You don't hear a lot about Quinn Miners. You hear a lot about Lloyd Cushenberry because of that huge jump he's made. But I still think Quinn Miners is playing as one of the better guards in the league. I think it, you know, you're going to take, you know, two or four, however many Pro Bowl guards go. He might, his name might be called. Really, it might. And depends on the back half of the season. If the Broncos can win, even if they don't get into the playoffs, if they can win, they get that attention on them a little bit more. I think you'll start to see more. I guess more hype about minors maybe Miner. play. It's it's hard as offensive linemen are hard. People, it's easy to look at stats and be like, oh, this guy was good. 
a lot of people don't understand uh, offensive line play, so it's a little harder. Yeah, I was thinking, Lloyd, that he was in the back of my mind for this question. You know, I, I want to see it, you know, kind of throughout the rest of the games. <laughs> but I guess, yeah, if you have to pull, pull my leg, I'll, I'll choose Lloyd for this one. But I'll think about that one some more, Keith. That, that's actually a very good question. It's a very good question. Let's get uh, let's get this uh, Patrick Wiltsey question. He says, aloha, gents, nine or eight or eight and nine. And I want to say nine and eight because I think that gets them in the playoffs. I just, they dug themselves too big of a hole. I think that they can go eight and nine, miss the playoffs, but look much better. It's I, that the losing those first two games at home is going to come back to bite them. Those were, uh, you know, one of them was in their conference, right? It, it, against the Raiders uh, or in their division. And, uh, you know, that, it just if they if they would have split that I I would be on nine and eight bang, bandwagon I would say they're pushing for the playoffs they've they've got to win six games right uh, uh, really to uh, to turn this around and, and have nine wins six and three right that's that's a tough one in you know to go and do with their schedule they've got a fairly tough schedule there's there's five winnable games on there for sure mm-hmm. that means they got to beat somebody. They have to win all those games and then beat somebody that is probably a better team than them. Yeah. And maybe they, maybe they sweep LA, maybe mm-hmm. they sweep, sweep the chargers and that's it. Right. I don't know if they're going to, but maybe they do. Maybe there's something like that happens and they walk into, you know, uh, Las Vegas to play the Raiders to either be eight and nine or, or nine and eight. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, thank you, Patrick. I'm, I'm going to say nine, and eight. Um, I, I think, Again, looking at this schedule, um, they're, they're, they they can win a lot of these games. Um, again, it all goes back to showing up how they did last week. If they show up how they did last week, nine and eight isn't out of the question. Um, but yeah, they, they, you know the Chargers game. You know they can yeah they can sweep the Chargers. <laughs> um, they get Minnesota coming up, the Patriots. Um, so again, there, there's quite a few games here where the, the Broncos can can win, but I'm, I'm going to say nine and eight, and they sneak in as that seventh seed in the AFC. Wow. All bold, right, bold prediction. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope I hope you're right. I I do hope they they find a winning season because they need a winning season, and that's going to be a huge confidence builder going in, you know, to the the next season. If they if they have a losing season, it's more of the same kind of thing. I I do hope they. It's just they they dug such a big hole. It's hard to dig your way out, but we've seen it. It happens. I mean, I remember the Detroit Lions. I think they won seven in a row uh, after they went zero and four to start. And they end up getting into the playoffs, I think, that year. So it can be done, but it's it's rare. It, it it's and it's very very hard because it's hard to go out and win every weekend, right? It's very hard. So I'm going to grab this uh, one from Rico Hunter here real quick, saying people are down on Russell Wilson, but he's the only one on the team who knows what winning is. Period. And I actually wrote about this a while back. I talked about it a lot. I said there were so many starters on this team that had never experienced winning their record for their career was losing seasons. Only a few of them had actually experienced winning seasons. Uh, when it came to the 22 starters on this team, it was really only, I think there was only, uh, six when I wrote about it and then Gregory lost another game and he went to 500. So, uh, you know, six out of the 22, that's, that's a lot of people that didn't know how to win. And Russell Wilson was one of the, the winningest, uh, 
players on the team, starters on the team. So you're right. It is true. And, uh, you know, he, the only problem is, is he, I don't know if that mentality translates uh, through his, his leadership, right? He's a very positive person. You know, he, uh, and there's leaders that are like that. They're very positive and that's okay. But I think this team needed him to be a little bit more, uh, I don't uh, more demanding, more so to speak, like more demanding of perfection, more demanding of the winning ways. And it wasn't his, his thing. That I, that's the only knock I have really. And, uh, I, again, I, I'm putting, I'm not putting money on it, but I'm, I'm basing my, uh, you know, ability to look at past history and kind of project what's going to happen. I think he's going to end up be having a much better second half than he saw in the first half, which wasn't too bad. Yeah. Thank you, Rico, for coming in. And I, I echo everything. This is a great um, comment and I echo everything Thomas said. And, but again, what, what do we know about winners? We, we, we know that winners are great leaders. They're more vocal. They're more demanding. Their expectations are, are high and we just haven't seen the leadership qualities come out in the wash for Russell. So, you know, yeah, it's one thing to bring your winning ways from Seattle, right? Your talents from Seattle, but you know, how, how, how are you exhibiting the leadership? Like, how are you, you know, engaging your players, your fellow teammates, how are you getting them prepared? Um, you know, and we just haven't seen that. So, you know, that remains to be seen. Hopefully he can, but we, we just haven't seen that yet. But I, I'm with you. I mean, hopefully he can start to, you know, exhibit more of those qualities as we're wanting in a leader to get the rest of the team, you know, in position to execute just like the head coach. I don't know if he can. I don't know if it's in him, man. I, yeah. it, it, it's, I just don't know if it's there for him right now. It would be nice if another player stepped up on the offense that was a little bit more demanding and Russ could just be more positive like he is and just go be who he is, right? But I don't know um, who that would be, Thomas. I, mean, I don't, I mean, I, I don't but, know. Yeah, it, it, I mean, but, uh, who, you know, it's... I don't know. You're right. It, the, who, who else can it be? Uh, Orange Bucky, it was great to, to meet you at the meet and greet as well. Thank you for being there. And yeah, next year's going to be fun again. So thanks for coming in tonight. Appreciate it. All right, Ron, I think we're nearing the top of the hour here. Good conversation. Uh, you know, to just kind of wrap it up, there's a few things, few main keys. Defense got to play better offensive line, you know, the, the usual special teams. But I think from, you know, we've talked about what can they do and I hate to go out on a limb, but uh, they can start winning again based on what I saw against the Chiefs, they can start a winning program again with the players that they have on this team. Mm -hmm. Whether they finish the season with a winning record, I don't know because they dug their hole, but um, they can claw their way out. They they can. If, they can if, if that Chiefs game was not an anomaly, right? If that was an aberration, if that's kind of who this team is, where they could actually come out and play consistently like that, you know, they're gonna, not going to win them all, but if they can, uh, play like that, then they can claw their way out out of this hole that they dug themselves in. Yeah. It, again, those those are the keys to keeping that momentum going. You know, it, if they just remain consistent, kind of how they played against the Chiefs and execute. You know, if, if the execution is pristine, as I mentioned earlier, this, this team can go a long way. Definitely. 
All right. Well, let's wrap this show up. You can follow Ron at Ron White NFL on Twitter. So go follow him. You can talk with him uh, during the week when we're not here. Uh, you can follow me at Thomas Hall NFL on Twitter. We will be back next Saturday. Probably not doing a pregame uh, because the game is actually Monday night. So we'll see. You know, so we'll probably think of a, a, a different topic. But don't forget that we'll be back next Saturday and uh, check out the other shows for sure. There's plenty of other shows. There's going to be a pregame. I, I don't know if the uh, you know if the Mile High Huddle podcast will be doing a pre pregame, but you know if you if you want to chat about it, if you want to chat about keys to victory or matchups or anything, like I said, hit us up on Twitter. We're there. We're there to talk. This is this is fun for us. So, yeah, thank you so much, everyone. Really appreciate the uh, the discussion. Even though there's college football going on, it's hard to be here on Saturday. We thank you very much. We thank you for the support. So let's just say good luck to the Broncos second half of the season. Yes. Let that Kansas City game continue for the next nine games, and you'll see a much better team. Thank you very much. Have a great evening. Have a great one. Go Broncos.